So this episode is going to be called, Where Am I Now? And I wanted to call it, Where Am I Now? Because as I'm thinking through all of these previous episodes that I've just talked about, it occurred to me that I haven't really talked much about the 800000 I have in savings and investments, plus my condo that's worth about 130, which brings me up into the um, 910, 20, or 30 type range of net worth. You know, I really want to talk about that 800000 in savings and investments, and what is it in? How long did it take me to get that? Etc. So, but before I do that, I do want to talk about some things, um, some statistics that I got from a 2019 film documentary called Playing with Fire. Um, you may want to take a look at that film. It's pretty amazing about the financial independence movement, FIRE, or Financially Independent Retire Early, <clears throat> all about millennials in their 20s and 30s that are saving 10, 20, 30, 40, or 50% of their income and getting to where I am now much earlier in life. It's amazing what these people are doing. And even though I'm doing it much later in life and I started at 40, like you may be doing as well, we can still learn from these concepts. Um, one statistic is that the average American saves only about 3% of their income. So that might be you. You might be just saving about 3% of your income because when you're in your 20s and even in your 30s, if you work for a corporation, they may be telling you to save into your 401k, maybe 3%, maybe 6% to get the company match. And so this statistic says that the average American doesn't even save 6% into their 401k. It's more like 3%. So they may not be even getting the company match, which is money that goes into your retirement account because they're matching perhaps dollar for dollar what you're putting in up to a certain percent. So that's extremely low, the average American. So if you're listening to this podcast series, Broke at 40, you may be that person, right? 50% um, of households can't even come up with $400 without borrowing or selling something. So 50% of households can't come up with $400 without having to borrow or sell something. And right now, 69, almost 70% of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings. So almost 70% have less than $1,000 in savings. That was me. That was me back in my 30s. That was me actually at 40 when I was completely broke where I started with zero. But that was also the year that I began to thrive and I talked about that in a previous episode. You know, and it's all about this consumerism culture that you see on television today, the American dream that advertisers are trying to sell to you, right? If you get a college degree, get the big house with a white picket fence, all of that comes though with huge debt behind it in many cases, doesn't it? A big mortgage, a big car payment, sending kids to college, all of that comes with debt. And if you have debt, you can't possibly then save for your future. And you know what? I really hate the word retirement. You know, lots of people will say, oh, I'm saving for retirement. I'm not saving for retirement. I just want to be wealthy. I just want to be able to stop working at some point and have enough in investments to pay my expenses and do the things that I want to do. Um, 
78% of American workers are living paycheck to paycheck. Almost 80% of you out there are living paycheck to paycheck like I was. If you go back into my other episodes, you'll hear me, hear me talk about that for nine or 10 years, paycheck to paycheck. I was smart with my money though. I paid all my expenses. I didn't have much at the end of the year. But then as I got to be 38 years old, 39 years old, 40 years old, I started to educate myself in personal finance. And then because I had extra buckets of money at the end of the year, I learned where do I put that? And then the next year, where do I put it again? In the next year, if I have even more, where do I put that money? And you continue to go from a zero savings rate to a 10%, 30%, 60%, hopefully 70%, etc. And you also heard, again, my bankruptcy was at 29. So many of you may be struggling through this pandemic. You haven't found that job. Maybe you got laid off. You know, there are lots of folks out there listening to me today that are in a situation that I was in many, many years ago. So if I can get out of the situation I was in, then I think that you could do the same as well. So in the future, I will do an entire episode on that movie called Playing With Fire, that documentary. I would highly, highly encourage you to take a look at it. Nobody's paying me to say that. Um, I just want you to take a look at that resource and learn some of the concepts of what I believe to be the biggest wealth building tool, which is your savings rate, how much you save. Not necessarily the investments that you put that money into per se, but that you're doing it, that you're doing it month after month, year after year, so that you can then get to a place of, you know, a lot of investments like I got to in 14 years. I will also say that in that film, they, they talk about the fact that, you know, if you are playing with the whole concept of financially independent retire early, no matter what age you are, they do say and they reiterate the fact that that savings rate is so critical, and I believe it because I achieved it. You know, I got to 800,000 investments in 14 years. And I also want to say that they try to get to like 50% as quickly as possible. Well, I'm at 70% savings rate right now. I think I shared that with you in a previous episode. But if you look back over those 14 years, I wasn't always saving 70%. You know, back in 2006, it was probably 5%. 2008, the recession came. I was still in my job and my expenses were really low. I made it through the recession. I was buying stocks when they were low priced. And then my savings rate in 2008 and 9 and 10 probably jumped up to 10 or 15%. I have spreadsheets that kind of document that. Then in 2011, 12, 13, it went up to maybe, you know, 40% savings rate. Then I got to 50% savings rate because my income kept going up. My expenses either stayed the same or went down. And that increase then, that ability or that gap to where I could get as much as I could into the savings and investments and that really is the secret. It's not rocket science. It really isn't. So I want to shift now into where am I now? Of course, you've been listening to this podcast series. I've been telling you my backstory, which I'll continue to do. I'll continue to come up with new episodes, talk about books, movies, um, other experiences. But I have something to share with you, something brand new that I want to share with you is that I do have an email address. I would love it if some of you listening, I know I have some listeners in Germany, 
I've got some in the United States. I'm growing my subscriber base of listeners, which I think is awesome. And I want to hear from you, just like I talked about in my first episode. I am not a financial advisor, so I'm not going to be giving financial advice. That's not the intent of this. But I would love to grow the community of like-minded people that are saving, that have this frugal mentality. They, they thrive in minimalism. They're happy. They're saving. They're trying to get to a certain point where they can maybe, again, I hate the word retire, right? <laughs> but they can stop working potentially and pursue a passion project, maybe a part-time job just to pay minimum expenses and, and really relish in the fact that you, you've arrived or you're, you're on this journey to arriving to a certain point where you want to get to. So I, I would like to refer to this more as case studies where feel free to write in to me and say your name. You can give me a fake name, right? Again, I am Evan Thomas. That's not my real name. You can write in and say that you are you know, Susie or Mark or whatever name you want to choose. And let me know, you know, your age, what your hopes and dreams are, what your net worth is, where you hope to be. And I will share those stories on the air with all of the listeners. So please do that. Even if you have some questions just related to money coaching that you want me to answer and think about. Again, I won't be giving advice in terms of investments and things like that. You can hire a financial advisor to do that which as I shared in a previous episode, I've never really had a financial advisor. Although I did talk to Vanguard once. They did like the mutual funds that I was in. They said, don't change a thing. That made me feel good that I was on the right path and I made the right choices because the choices are you want to go into all S&P 500 type mutual funds, which mirror the total market. And so I would like to segue into now um, actually, I forgot to give you my email address. <laughs> so please write in at Evan, E-V-A-N, Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S, Broke, B-R-O-K-E, at yahoo.com. Evan Thomas Broke at yahoo.com. Feel free to write in. Give me your story. It's going to be like a case study, which I can share over, the, um, over this podcast series so that you can feel like you are listened to as well, and I can share your story with others. So that's my hope, that you write in and you give me information about where you are and how things are going for you. And if you have a question related to money coaching, feel free to do that as well. And so this episode is called Where Am I Now? Because it occurred to me that in all of these episodes that I've produced so far, I've been going into the history telling you about the bankruptcy, telling you about my hopes, my dreams, my fears, talking about the fact that I educated myself over time. But as I've been sharing with you, my net worth is about 910000 somewhere right around in there, just under a million dollars. But my investments, my savings and investments are 800000 When I was 40 years old, I never thought I would get there. Never in my wildest dreams did I think I could get to a million, maybe a million and a half. Because once you get into a million and a million and a half, and if you keep your expenses really low, you could stop working. You could pursue financial independence and relish in the fact that you may not have to work. You could work part-time. You could really enjoy passion projects and things of that nature and you know, step away from the rat race if you wanted to. So I'm kind of getting there, aren't I? It's going to take another couple of years, I think, but I will get there as long as I continue the path that I'm on. 
So $800,000 in savings investments, I'm going to write down or tell you actually what that is. What is it comprised of? And then I will probably in future episodes talk about, where, well, where did I go first? And I'll share a little bit with that you with you now. Because when you get to that thriving status where you have money at the end of the year, in addition or above and beyond your fun money that you're giving yourself, if you have $5,000, $8,000, $10,000, dollars $20,000 at the end of the year, where do you put it, right? What do you max out first? What do you do second? And those are all the basics of financial independence or personal finance, financial literacy. But... You know, here I am at age 54, it's been 14 years. Maybe in another three years, two or three years, I could say I'm financially independent, which I think some people might think I am right now. But 800,000, what does that consist of? Well, I have a taxable account with Vanguard. That's not the first thing I did though. The first thing I did was my 401k. But let me just give you the breakdown of this. And, and what I mean by that is, those years that I talked about previously, I'm putting such a large percent, I'm looking, remember, at the dollar amount that you can put, the government says you can put in a certain dollar amount into the 401k, and so I, I got to that total dollar amount, and I talked about that in a previous episode, but where am I now, where am I now right? Not what I'm putting into these investments every year, but that 800,000, what does it consist of? Well, 93,000, $317 is in a taxable account with Vanguard. And that includes two mutual funds, a stock market fund with Vanguard, which is total market, and a bond fund. So I have that within the $93,317,000, right? $93,000 approximately in this taxable account because as I went through the years where I maxed out the 401k and then the next couple of years, I'm like, I've got more money. I don't want to spend it on fun and certain things. I have enough fun money. Where do I put it? Well, if I've maxed out the 401k and my Roth IRA, IRA, which I'll talk about here in a minute, I opened up a taxable account. I want to put that money in investments. That means at the end of the year, I have to pay taxes on the gains, but I have that in those accounts in that taxable account within Vanguard, and it sits there, okay? So the next thing I can share with you is I have a Roth IRA. You'll hear a lot about folks saying a Roth IRA is a great idea. You'll learn more about what, the, what a Roth IRA is, but it's after tax dollars. I've paid taxes on the money, and so I'm putting it in this taxable, or I'm sorry, this Roth IRA, which I can take the money out when I stop working with no taxes on it whatsoever. And the gains, there's no taxes on the gains either. So within my Roth IRA, that's the vehicle, I have four mutual funds. I have a life, strat life strategy growth type fund. I have a bond fund. I have a small cap fund, which is a little bit more aggressive, and a total world fund. So very simple, four mutual funds again, you can check with the financial advisor or you can select them within Vanguard, which is kind of like a discount brokerage where you can buy and put money into these mutual funds. I just chose four. I wanted to keep it simple. I could have had two, but I wanted some of it to be in small cap, which small cap means very aggressive companies where the, you could lose more, but there's a greater reward if you do invest in small cap. So 
it's well diversified in other words and $138,375 is in my Roth IRA. I built that starting at age 40. I was with T. Rowe Price originally right when I turned 40 and I started putting in the maximum at that time I think was only three four thousand dollars I could put in it per year. It continued to grow and now it's at $138,375. I moved that subsequently several years ago to Vanguard and so it lives within a Roth IRA in Vanguard. $16,000 is in my online savings account currently. I had to buy an air conditioner recently. Um, and so in a previous episode, I had said I moved that money into my account. But then, you know, life happens, right? So I had to take it back out and I paid $7,000 for a new air conditioning system. So currently, I have about $16,000 in my online savings with Ali Bank. Online savings means there's no risk whatsoever. This is more like an emergency fund. It's cash on hand. If I lose my job, for example, my minimum expenses, my true expenses, if I look at my spreadsheet that I shared with you previously, my true expenses are only $15,000 a year. That $15,000 includes food, gas, electric, cell phone, internet, property tax, condo association fee, car insurance, and homeowner's insurance. So those items I pay, and if I look at the spreadsheet and I add up those column or those, you know, the numbers in those buckets, it's only $15,000 a year. You know, what does that mean? Doesn't that give you complete freedom? What if you lose your job? Well, I, can, I only have to spend really without savings because remember 70% is savings for me right now based on my income. If I lost my job, because my expenses are so low, I really only need $15,000. If I lost my job, no fun, right? No going out to dinner, no doing this, no doing that. Bare minimum, $15,000. It's so smart to keep it super low. I could live an entire year without selling any of my investments. I could pull from that $16,000 if by worst case scenario, I were to lose my job. That's the way you should think in the future as you build wealth going forward. If you have really large expenses and you lose your job, how are you going to pay for those? So 93,000 approximately in a taxable account, 138,000 in a Roth IRA, 16,000 in online savings. I have $532,044 in a 401k, 532,000 roughly half a million dollars in my 401k that I've built over the past 21 years, but yeah, you know, just like you potentially if you're in your 30s, maybe you're putting in that 3% like the average American that I talked about if they're saving only 3% of their income. You know, that's peanuts really when you think about it. You're not going to build wealth putting in 3% of your income, are you? Into a 401k. So once I got smarter when I started educating myself and when I got to the thriving years like I talked about at age 40, I tried to get as much into that 401k per year. I wasn't always maxing it out, the total dollar amount per year. It took maybe five years to get there. Then on that sixth year, I'm like, okay, I'm there. I'm going to continue to put all that in there year after year. And then it opened up the taxable account. It opened up first the Roth IRA, then the taxable account in subsequent years. So you can really build in, and I say 21 years because, you know, I, I started with my company, as I shared with you previously, 21 years ago. I had $0 in my 401k. 
and you know maybe 10 20 or 30,000 by the time I hit 40 I think it was so that accelerated savings rate came in those subsequent years from age 40 till now in the past 14 years so it wasn't an average it was you know a little bit in the very beginning and then accelerated towards the end but ultimately 532,000 the final dollar amount I'll share with you is I've got $16,473 in a health savings account. I'll probably have future episodes about a health savings account. Because I have a health insurance through my employer and they pay most of it, it's a high deductible plan where um, I can, I'm eligible for a health savings account where my company puts in certain dollar amounts per year and a company match per paycheck. Currently, I have $16,473 in that health savings account. So if you add all six of those items, or five of those items, I should say, that equals $796,000 or approximately $800,000 in there. So that's what it's comprised of. It's very simple, isn't it? You know, if you think about it first, many years ago, it was just going into the 401k. Then the next thing I was like, oh, I have extra money. Well, I'm going to open up a Roth IRA. And that went on for several years. Then I was like, oh, I'm still keeping expenses low. I'm making more money. I'm still putting into those items that I just talked about every year. But I have more money at the end of the year on my spreadsheet. What do I do with it? I opened up a taxable account. That's not a retirement account per se. It's an account with Vanguard that I can purchase the mutual funds that I talked about. And so that then means at this point I'm putting in about 60000 per year into all five of those buckets, if you will. So where am I now? That's where I am. And that's where you could be if you continue to learn about these concepts of personal finance. If you keep expenses low, you continue and really visualize to yourself and say, you know what? Five years are going to go by. Ten years are going to go by. Fifteen years are going to go by. And do you really want to be broke at 54 if you learned this at age 40? I hope everybody wakes up and says it's possible. It's possible if you get a good job, you continue to work for that company, you make more and more money, you could be where I am at age 54 if you didn't do what you did, like me, in your younger years. Now, I would also like to shift gears here a little bit and talk about how can you dream, right? I remember when I was 38, 39, and 40 years old, I started to discover online calculators. And I'm going to share one with you, and I would really like it for you to go out to dinkytown.net, dinkytown.net, click on Savings Calculators, then click on Compound Savings Calculator. I go to that calculator probably once a week or once every couple weeks, and I sit down and I look at the money that I have, 800000 I start to dream in terms of another year forward. And I've been doing this since I was 40 years old. This is how you reinvent yourself every year. This is how you recommit to your strategies every year. This is how you commit to building wealth over time by revisiting and dreaming really big. So you go to the online, the compound savings calculator and you can put in your start amount. So when I was broke, like potentially you may be, if you have zero dollars in savings investments or maybe even just 10, 20 or $30,000 and you're approaching 40 or 45 
or you're 35, start to dream and think about everything I've been sharing with you. You know, putting these monies in these buckets, it's going gonna, it's gonna to build. The market, stock market always goes up. Yes, it's going to come down. We know that. Do you need this money right now? You don't. As I shared with you previously, because of the pandemic, you know, this is May. I didn't say the date. This is May 31st, 2020. The stock market went down 30%. So my 800,000 went way down. If you listen to some of my episodes previously in April and May or April, it went way down. It came back up. Now, we know we're probably heading into a recession, so I'm okay. I'm not going to quit my job for maybe three, four years. I'm not sure yet, but if that money goes down, I'm fine with that, and I talked about that in previous episodes. So as you dream, you know, go to that calculator and put in zero dollars as your start amount. You know, put in maybe five years. Put in a rate of return, and I want to pause and talk about rate of return here for a minute. Yeah, rate of return is a very interesting concept. So let me start talking about how through the years I've thought about a rate of return. Um, remember I talked about Susie Orman? Remember I talked about the her book, Young, Fabulous, and Broke? I haven't shared this with you yet, but in 2012, I was a guest on her show. It was the How Am I Doing segment. And I remember working with the producer. I remember talking to Susie about my finances at that time. She gave me some advice. I'll share that with you later just little things about paying off my mortgage and I decided not to pay it off right away um, and put the money in an online savings account so I could build wealth. But I asked the producer, you know, when she gave a forecast, what rate of return was she using? And I think it was 4%. So I would highly encourage all of you, that's a conservative rate of return. You know, if you go to this calculator and you take a look at, and you scroll down, You'll see that it says the S&P 500 over the last 10 years has gained 13% on average per year. Since 1990, it's gained 10%. So the longer you go out, you know, we have recessions and things that we've gone through. So if I were you and what I've done is I've always in my forecasting from, you know, when I was 40 and I started dreaming with the calculator thinking about where will I be in five years? Where will I be in 10? Where will I be in 15? I always put in about a 4% average rate of return because I think that will then, it will probably exceed that maybe a little bit. But I've also shared with you over the next 10 years, I think it will be lower than it has been since the recession. So I would just put in 4%. And then you can put in your annual contribution and see like maybe you're at the point where I was back in 2006 where I only had $5,000 to invest or 10,000 into my 401k. I would plug that in and say, if I continue to do that, where would I be? But then the next year, the amount, my annual contribution, as it should, should continue to go up and up and up. First, I put $20,000 in that year. The next year, it might be 22,000. The next year, maybe 25,000. Incrementally going up and document that on your spreadsheet, right? My annual contribution now is about 61000 that I put in to these different five things that I talked about. My taxable account, my Roth IRA, my online savings, my 401k, and my HSA. So it's simple. It's just, wow, I'm putting in $61,000 every year. So here's an example. So for me, 
I'm starting with 800,000. So if I put in the calculator 800,000, and if I just want to see for three years, where will I be if I put in $61,000 per year? And if I get a rate of return about 4%, what does that calculator show? It shows $1,100,138. So I'm right at that 1.1 just in a three years. So as you start to dream, think about, you know, where will you be if you put in 10,000, 20,000 a year, do an average rate of return of 4%, that's gonna motivate you year after year like it did for me. And then you will eventually get to these areas where once you get to the million, 1.5, that's really the least amount of money probably that somebody could quit their job and say, yeah, I can live on about 40 grand a year. And I talked about that in a previous episode. So another way of looking at that, that 4%, and, and, and that's a very safe rate of return because if you're going to withdraw 4% of your money every year, once you do stop working, the, the market will probably do a little bit better than that. And then you would pull 4%. Are you following me? Because we had talked previously about if you get to a million um, and you're taking 4% away, that's 40,000. And there might be 10,000 of tax, which leaves you about 30,000 net. Could be more because the tax might not be quite $10,000. Then remember my true expenses are 15,000. And then health insurance I have to add in for 7,000 but then maybe 8,000 for fun. Well, there's the money right there. So I don't feel comfortable, nor should probably anybody retiring or stopping work with less than about, you know, 1.3, maybe 1.5, somewhere in there. Another way of looking at this, by the way, is take your expenses, the money that you want times 25, and you get to a million dollars. I also want to pause here for a minute. Something I did not mention and I touched on previously in an episode was inflation. So inflation is always going to go up, right? We're in low inflation now, but if you look back over history, inflation has been really high. So the way that that works is if I say I've got a million dollars, and then every year I'm going to adjust it for inflation, which means the first year I take out 40000 then let's say you choose about a 3% inflation rate, then you'll take 40,000 plus 3% and it's a little bit more, right? Then the next year you take another 3% on top of that, then another 3% on top of that. Well, your investments are continuing to grow as well. And so that million principle is where I talked about previously, I would feel comfortable staying. But one thing I also didn't talk about is when I talked through the, um, the principal, remember, in the pad. I don't have children, so I don't have to leave money to anybody. So as I go through my life, 60s, 70s, 80s, maybe my 90s, you know, could you potentially dive into principal? Do I really want to die with a million dollars in the bank in investments? So you have to build that into the infrastructure as well, right? You know, you, you could have many years where the market returns 7% or 70,000 and you withdraw 40, you still have 30,000 left, as I talked about in that other example, to add to the million. But that's a juggling act, right? That's a juggling act. So I feel more comfortable if I just live off of the interest. And that's how I build my vision and my dream. Not to say it has to be that way, but that's how I'm building the vision. But what could be some variables? I could have part-time work right? 
I could be retired and not working, but maybe I'd grab a job. Maybe there's a recession and I have a little part-time job. I make some 15000 just to pay the expenses. Then I'm not diving into the principle of the million if it went down to 700000 or less, right? And then it's going to come back up after a year or two. I also know that Social Security at age 67 is going to subsidize this as well. Now, Social Security may not be there, and I'm not counting on it, but boy, if it will be, and it probably will, even if it's just a little bit, like maybe 24000 a year is what they're forecasting, you can go to socialsecurity.gov, I believe it is, and take a look at what yours payout would be. That's huge if I get $24,000 a year. Are you with me? Because if I have a $40,000 need, but Social Security pays $24,000, that means I only need $16,000 to pull from my investments, which is more like a 2% withdrawal rate. That's huge. See how that works? So as you move forward and you can think about what are the variables, you know, make a million dollars your goal. Why? Because as I shared in the early episode, the average American is only saving 3% of their income. 50% of you can't even come up with $400 without borrowing money. 69% of people have less than $1,000 in savings. So with these types of statistics, why not make a million dollars your goal? Keep it simple. Say, I can do this. If you've got two incomes, like I've shared previously, if you're married and you have a significant other and you're sharing expenses, wow. As I shared previously, you can get there much quicker than I can. So always make that a goal. You know, why not? because most people may not even get there. I'm not saying you have to get there. I'm just saying this is how the numbers work. It's not rocket science. This is how the numbers work. Okay, so that's where I am now. That's where I am now. So I wanted this episode to be about, you know, a little bit about the financial independence movement. What are some of the statistics out in the industry today of the average American? You know, this is why I want you to come back week after week as I produce more episodes and I share with you what my journey has been because I think that's how people learn. People don't want to talk about money. I've been sharing that quite a bit. You, if you're broke like I was, you don't want to go tell your friends you're broke. I didn't know what a CD was when I was four years old. If I can do this on an average salary, then you can do it too. So that's going to wrap up this episode of Broke at 40. My name is Evan Thomas. This episode has been called Where Am I Now? Please remember if you want to write in, go to evanthomasbroke at yahoo.com. evanthomasbroke at yahoo.com. Send me an email. Let me know how you're doing. Use a fake name if you want. Let me know what your net worth is. Let me know what your savings is per year, what's your savings rate, how do you want to, how do you hope to get to a certain dollar amount, what are your obstacles, are there things that I could coach you on and share with others that are listening to this podcast series that will help them, because it's all about behavioral modification, isn't it? It's all about learning the basics of personal finance, it's all about continuing to year after year, once you get to the thriving years, putting more into these investment vehicles, and it will happen. You can build wealth over time. It just takes steadiness. It takes commitment. It doesn't take a whole lot of brains. You know, you go to S&P 500 type mutual funds that mirror the total market. You're going to be just fine. 
It doesn't matter in many cases what mutual funds you go into as long as they're what are called low, low load or no load, which means there's no commission on them. I'll be talking in future episodes about that as well as an expense ratio, which means how much money are you paying for somebody to manage that fund or is it even being managed? All of the mutual funds I have are not managed. They're mirroring the market. The S&P 500, 500 of the top companies. I'm going to get an average rate of return. I'm okay with that with very low risk or moderate risk as I build this future for myself. All right, so come back week after week, everybody. Thank you for listening. My name is Evan Thomas, and I will see you here next week on Broke at 40. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you.